That, of course, is Big Hit. Do what you did. And it's time, ladies and gentlemen, for Margaret Cleveland. Federalist is where you will find her articles. These are suggested from me if you're really interested in the Durham filing and understanding it in depth and understanding the media stories from the left that have pretty much castigated the Durham filings and the reporting on it. Oh, nothing, nothing. This is nothing major. She's here to explain. Margaret, welcome. How are you? I'm doing great. How are you? Well, thank you. These are incredible. To me, they're bombshell articles. Because what you've done, I look, I, I followed the timeline of all this like you did. The, the, the Durham filing came, the news came, and I noticed there, were, there was about a day's silence from the left. They didn't, none of the big outlets responded the next day. But then, two days later, they started circling the wagons around Hillary. And after you read what was in the mainstream press, you would believe that there's nothing to these the Durham filing and that uh, these right-wing conservative nut-tin-foil-hat creeps are out there with another vast-wing right-wing cons- conspiracy trying to damage good old Hillary, and there's nothing to it. You... Absolutely. You went through it. Tell us what you found and the five media lies about the about the special counsel revelations. Great. Thanks so much. So as you noted, it was two days of radio silence. And as your listeners know, on Friday it hit and Durham even was trending on Twitter. And I thought oh, the media can't ignore it. But come Monday, they started spinning it. And like you said, the first thing was, oh, it's just these right-wing wackos that are saying this. So, of course, they put it down to Trump and started you know, pointing to all the people around Trump who were pointing this out, which, of course, that has nothing to do with what is in the filing. What And what is in the filing that is important? What sure. is the... So in the filing, what we had was evidence that while we had the election passed, we still had continued surveillance. And when I say surveillance, there are different ways you can surveil. And one way that you had the enemies of the president-elect doing it was looking at communications that were coming into different places connected to him. So his New York apartment building, a healthcare uh, organization in Michigan, which was supposedly somehow connected to this whole Alpha Bank uh, hoax that was going on, but also the executive office of the presidency. And one of the things that you saw the press doing, and I, I want to really break this down because they did a great job of misdirecting here. You had the press saying, oh, well, Trump was not yet in the executive office. You know, he wasn't yet sworn in. So none of this matters. But what Durham's filing said was that Sussman went to the CIA and presented to him these logs 
that showed that there were communications between the supposedly rare Russian cell phones by the executive office. And the whole reason for doing that was to somehow say that Trump was having these communications with Russia or was somehow colluding with them. So that was that was the, the huge blockbuster that came out was that we're not just talking about Alpha Bank. We're talking about a second hoax that they were peddling, which was that there was communication between people related to Trump and these Russian cell phones, and that that was peddled to the CIA. And not just that it was peddled to the CIA, but they had evidence to show that there was nothing really unique about these types of communications, that it was actually going on long into the Obama administration or long ago into the Obama administration. But again, it was a bait and switch. They said, oh, that had nothing to do with Trump. They weren't spying on Trump. He wasn't even in the White House, but he was in his transition period. And why were they presenting that evidence to the CIA? It was because they were trying to show there was a connection to Trump and the Russians. So it, it was something that was pretty clever on their part for the misdirection. But if you dig into it, they were completely wrong. Now, this Sussman that you mentioned, let us make sure people understand who he was. He worked. He's a lawyer who worked mm-hmm. for Hillary Rodham Clinton's campaign. He and did. he was also interacting with the law firm that Hillary hired to do her dirty work with the Michael Steele dossier and the rest of it. So there's a lot of collusion here, but Donald Trump has nothing to do with it. <laughs> Absolutely. And there were a lot of Russians involved, but the, they didn't have anything to do with Trump. You have Dan Checo, who was indicted as well, who is a Russian nationalist, who was feeding Christopher Steele this intel. He was a Russian. And then you had uh, Dolan, who was, you know, the the... Clinton crony and big DNC guy who had a ton of Russians connections, who was also inadvertently, if you if you look at what the indictment said, feeding stuff to Steele because Danchenko was taking what Dolan was saying and twisting it. So like you said, there's a lot of conspiracy and collusion going on, but it wasn't Trump. And there were a lot of Russians involved with it, but it wasn't involved with Trump. It was involved with Christopher Steele and what was going into the dossier and what was and that was all being paid for by the Clinton campaign it is believed and and now so let's go to the four revelations I got about four minutes left with you walk through walk us through these revelations the four special counsel revelations that are tying uh, Spygate as it's being called to Hillary's campaign what are they Okay, so one of the things that we had uh, that I put in my piece today was that this was the Clinton campaign. They were the ones who paid for this disinformation going both to the feds and to the media. So that was really part and parcel if you go through all of Durham's filings. But it wasn't just the Steele dossier. The second one was that they also paid for these 
reports to be drafted by Sussman, the lawyer, and to be peddled to the FBI, dealing with the entire idea of the Alpha Bank. So it wasn't just the Steele dossier. Um, and also, as, as I was noting before, so I, I actually kind of skipped over number two here, but number two was that it was a Clinton crony and a longtime Democrat as well as the Russian Danchenko, who was feeding this information indirectly to the FBI through the Steele dossier. And again, there's no evidence that Doland knew that this is going to Steele. He knew that Danchenko was working on some project about Trump. But what happened was Danchenko, who was the primary subsource, he passed on info to Steele that went into the dossier and that was what then went to the FBI and went all over the media. And then the last point that I think is really important is to re- realize that Jaffe, so Rodney Jaffe, Tech Exec One. Yes, he's a, he is a Clinton campaign, another employee. He's a tech executive, Rodney right, Jaffe. But he, right, but he is actually not a Clinton campaign employee, and that's what they keep stressing. But he was supporting her, and I'm calling him a pro bono supporter because he wasn't being paid to dig up dirt. He was just doing it because he liked her, he didn't like Trump. Or you can take a look at what was in the indictment that said he thought he was going to be appointed as the top security job when Hillary won. So a lot of people are putting down to, well, he wasn't on the payroll. He wasn't being paid by Clinton campaign. So what? He was doing it for free. He and was still know, working we, with the campaign, I guess is the better way to say it. So, right. He was working part and parcel with Sussman. And right. Sussman was the paid guy. And Sussman was billing for the time he spoke with Joffe. So it has... So what? He wasn't being paid by the campaign. He was still working with her campaign lawyer to put together these false statements that, you know, the whole uh, the alpha bake hoax. And, you know, I'm sure he's going to say, oh, I didn't know it was false. And we'll have to see where that all lays out when, um, you know, the evidence finally comes out. But that's how this info got to the FBI and to the CIA and to the media. And it all ties back to Hillary Clinton. And now here's the question that I think most Americans want to ask. I'll let you go with this. And I'm not asking you to speculate on it. But I, but the question that many people are asking, does this go higher than Hillary? Does this, in fact, go into the Obama administration? Or does all of this, this spying on Donald Trump, rest with Hillary Clinton and her campaign only? I don't think it rests only with her campaign, but I don't know if it's up to Obama or if it was blind eye and ostrich and what part of the government. But a lot of the government knew what was going on and they might have pretended that they thought it was legit or they were so anti-Trump that they fell for it. But the the government, all the, the FBI agents, the intelligence community, a lot of them were in on this, not necessarily with a bad motive. Maybe it was an ignorant motive. Maybe it was motive by hatred. But this was not just a Clinton campaign function. So the Durham firings are real. This is real stuff, and this stuff could have major consequence as we go forward with the case.
We hope you'll be joining us. I know you're going to keep watching this case, and you'll be continuing to write. Uh, where can people find you on social media? Sure. I'm on Twitter at Prof. MJ Cleveland, and I am also over at the Truth Social, the same, at Prof. MJ Cleveland. So hopefully people will check them both out. All right. Definitely check out The Federalist, which is a great publication, and definitely check out the work here. This is amazing work. Thank you for joining us, Margaret. Appreciate it. Thanks so much. Take care. Uh, James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snurdy with you on WABC Talk Radio 77. Coming back. Your call's coming up. Don't go away.